Hello world, marketing leaders today may be aware of the ever-changing marketplace, but that doesn't always mean they are eager to change along with it. And for good reason, a brand overhaul can often be met with internal resistance. And to be fair, it's not always the right answer because at the end of the day, you really can't afford to get your timing or messaging wrong. So what do you do when it's time to reach new audiences? How do you reach a new target audience without abandoning your old one? Here to get radically transparent with me today is Andrea Zollner, VP of Marketing at Kinsta, a cloud-based host offering managed WordPress uh, plans with server power and optimization that you seriously won't find anywhere else. And we're going to get more into that in a moment. Andrea, are you ready to get radically transparent with me? I am. Thanks for having me, Jen. Absolutely. And and it's a pleasure to have you here. And you know, I, I just like to kick off. Can you just in a quick elevator pitch, Kinsta, who are you? What does Kinsta do? Absolutely. So for the past nine, 10 years, Kinsta has been a premium managed hosting provider. So we would host anything from you know, a simple blog all the way up to these enterprise level websites. And WordPress was our niche for so long, but we've recently launched application hosting and database hosting. So now we really are a cloud powered hosting platform that is designed for DevOps and hosting. And so you can host, yes, your WordPress website, but so, so much more. A lot of changes, a lot of good stuff. Uh, we're gonna get into it as I promised. And uh, before we do though, I, I just have to ask, right? What is keeping you up at night professionally right now amid all these changes? Oh my goodness. Hopefully so much, but at the same time, you know, I, I try to, to stay really stress-free about it. But as you mentioned, you know, when you're changing as a company and your audience is changing, your marketing has to change with it. And so much of marketing is the correct message at the correct time to the correct audience. Um, through the correct medium. And that's a lot of different angles to juggle. And it's a lot of different combinations to, to get right. So what's keeping me up at night is, are we getting all those right? Um, where are we testing? And where are we, you know, investing our money properly? And how are we making sure we're getting the feedback from the right people from the right audience? Absolutely. And keep me honest, you, you recently went through or are going through or about to go through, you can I'll let you, you know, spill the beans on that. But <laughs> but a, a rebrand. And yeah. I'm so curious if you can just talk us through, I know when we spoke earlier, you called it almost the discovery phase, if you will, but I know that you're shifting yeah. personas and kind of that self-assessment that you need to do as a brand. And then at what point did you as a VP marketer realize that you needed to expand your audience to developers and CTOs and you know grow that audience base? Yeah. So Kinsta being a tech company, we're so much led by the product team and like the technology team's vision. So I would say, you know, marketing, we pay attention to the market. We pay attention to what people are talking about and what they're asking for. But really, if the tech team can't back that up and, and create that product, like we just can't market that. So when our technology team, you know, we had this amazing infrastructure and we were really only offering WordPress hosting to our customer. And so they were thinking, you know, we're, we've refined this product. We've worked so hard on not just the technology, but making sure that our customer support is amazing and that the UX and, and the UI of all of our 
Um, different dashboards are great to use. And so we have this great product that with a couple of changes, and I don't want to underestimate or undersell all the, the changes that we did make from a technology perspective, but you know, we were kind of sleeping on something great. So that change came from the product team saying, you know, if we made these changes, we could open up our platform, not just to WordPress as a CMS, which is a PHP based software, but to other PHP applications and other JavaScript applications. And we could allow people to run their own custom built applications. And really that is what a lot of our more advanced customers had been asking for. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't a huge percentage though. So it wasn't like, you know, 60% of our customer base was saying like, you, we want more features. It was a smaller percentage, but it was enough that we thought, huh, if we made really if we invested and made this effort now, we can absolutely radically change the future of Kinsta in a positive way. And being a 10-year-old company, it's like we've had that time to really nail what we did best and do a great job of it. So now it's thinking, well, what's the next 10 years of Kinsta? And so that's, you know, that's kind of where it all started. And then as a marketer, thinking about our what what we were promising to our customers and what we're offering and what pain points we're trying to solve and realizing that with this shift from literally like, you know, mostly websites where our competitors were anywhere from people spinning up Squarespace uh, websites or, you know, Wix or doing other WordPress with other hosts, all of a sudden we're opening ourselves up to a whole different market where we were talking about infrastructure yeah. as a service and the platform as a service. So not just offering someone a place to host their website, but offering them like a technological partner in building their really like robust applications. And then, yeah, so once that was the realization of our new audience, totally changed how I thought about features, pain points, um, benefits, like speaking to that developer audience, getting in front of the CTOs, like it, yeah, it was a lot more complex. So I can definitely feel your energy and excitement through this interview. And anybody who's watching in on, on YouTube, I mean, you can just see Andrea lighting up and it, <laughs> it sounds like an incredible thing to be a part of. And as you were speaking, you know, you were speaking towards pain points. And I think what caught my attention was, first of all, marketing to developers. I think that's just fascinating in itself. So I'm going to grill a little bit on that because, yeah. you know, at Octopus, we market to marketers, which I think, right, that's also an interesting bunch, but developers, you know, they think a little bit differently than marketers. And, and so as marketers, we really need to understand our developers. What do you think, or what have you learned to be in the rebranding journey, if you will, are the important hooks that you would call out that you think resonate best or speak strongly to developers? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I would say it's something we're constantly learning as well, because as our product gets in the hands of more developers, we're realizing that with all of the freedom and flexibility we offer, we're discovering a lot of different use cases for how people can use our platform. And with all those different use cases, different requirements and expectations and what people are really interested in seeing in the feature stack. So one thing that we've actually had to do as a marketing department is to really, really get to know our product well. And I would say that that, that was the case before all of the marketing team members know how to use WordPress, yeah. but in comparison, that was a relatively simple product. You know, we'd all kind of spun up WordPress websites for our own purposes. We all had blogs, like it was kind of a common use case. Um, and all of a sudden we're like, oh my goodness, now we're having to sell something that we've never used ourselves. Or if we have, you know, we kind of had a developer working with us so we we can entrust them with the, the nitty gritty of it. 
So we really had to sit down and be like, okay, we need to become experts in this, this software, because if we're going to write about it, we need to have that fundamental knowledge. And I think that is still ongoing and it's still a process. Um, but that was the first shift that I would say for anyone who's starting to speak to developers as an audience is you have to be an expert on your product. Um, and after that, I mean, I would say one thing that's really flipped when going from speaking to kind of a general audience, you know, when we sell WordPress, it could be marketers, it could be content creators. And then now shifting to developers is, this is a good thing and a bad thing, um, that we don't have to convince them of the benefit of a technology necessarily. So when when we were selling WordPress, you know, we would have to say, oh, well, with all of your point of presence locations with like a content delivery network, your website's going to load super quickly for your readers around the world. And we would have to spell that out. With a technical audience, they're like, okay, but like, give me the details. Like, tell me like exactly where your points of presence are and tell me like, are you expanding that network? And like the questions are, are tougher, but at the same time, like that buy-in is already there. So it's understanding kind of what they're interested in, what's important to them and making sure that you have the answers to those questions. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I'm just curious too, because with that shift and talking to a new audience, I know, you, you know, incorporating developers into the conversation and not just the the marketers and the content creators, what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you or the team when it comes to marketing to them and to CTOs? I know you mentioned, right, you don't necessarily, the easy part is that you don't necessarily need to kind of sell from the start, if you will, or explain from the start, but there's more technical questions. Is there anything else that you had found challenging? I think it's unlearning some of the marketing techniques that we've relied on for so long. So there's still some fundamental uh, principles that I always apply, which is, you know, make your customer the hero of the story, make them the center. So, you know, rather than saying, you know, Kinsta has launched saying customers can now, you know, really flipping it to make sure that they're there at the center. So that hasn't changed, but there are other things like, you know, when we talk about, um, when we try and play up like kind of these flashy marketing terms where we try and like attract people with these like buzzwords, developers can see right through that. They really want to get their hands on the product. So that's where really like product led marketing becomes more interesting. So rather than just having words on a page, like you want to give people um, the opportunity to test the product, to get in there, get their hands dirty, run their application on it. And so We've actually at Kinsta built up our marketing technology team, our MarTech team, so that we have developers on marketing who can build up those solutions and those platforms and those those really developer-centric marketing items. So yeah, I would say going through our old copy, I see this need, this shift that we've had to make of like kind of taking away some of those buzzy words, those vague concepts, you know, that we thought were attractive for um, a less technical audience and really flipping it to be the technology first, answering those questions, defining what those benefits um, are in the context of a developer's regular workflow. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely I definitely would agree with that. I, I always joke with my colleagues, right? Marketers, we, we kind of love speaking fluff, you know, within, <laughs> within good taste, but, you know, fluff, we have so many acronyms and I totally can hear that from the developer crowd. Now, I want to shift for a moment to understanding a little bit more about how you were able to market to the new demographic. Mm -hmm. However, without 
right? Because you mentioned how you're going through the copy and right, how do you maybe flip the script, if you will, to be less marketing jargon, more developer talk, but how were you able to make and market to that new demographic without also changing your, your current customer feel and community because Kinsta is quite loved by your customers, right? I've done my due diligence. Yeah. So you don't <laughs> want to abandon your current customer base as you're kind of widening your persona, but how did you strike that balance? Yeah. And that was a big concern for us as well. I think when it comes to a company, we're not just our product, we're also like the brand and the the brand sentiment and how people perceive us in the market. And for a long time, we were saying like, we only host Kinsta, we're experts at, or sorry, we only host WordPress, we're experts at this. Um, and you should choose us because we've been, you know, we've spent years refining this product. And then to all of a sudden say, oh, but we're also doing this other thing. It's kind of like, you know, that first child that gets a sibling, <laughs> that's like, okay, your, you know, mom and dad's attention is going to be, um, or like the parental presence in my life is going to have to split, uh, like attention now. And so, yeah, we did have that concern, but in reality, when we look at like, we still have a team focused on developing WordPress features. We're still dedicated to that product. And we also know that there's a percentage of our customers who've been asking for WordPress plus more. So we just kind of framed that conversation around, like, we're still going to support WordPress with as much love and dedication as before. Now we're also offering everyone these extra features, these extra tools. And we're seeing a lot of developers who were really focused on WordPress before getting more experimental with headless WordPress and different tech stacks that have WordPress as part of it, but that also expand and use other types of JavaScript technology. So we see the market going that way. And we just want to be kind of the first to usher in that change. And for the customers that already know and love us to really not have to leave, they now have a place at Kinsta to tinker or to expand their own product knowledge. I love the transparency. Listen, I'm going to throw you a curveball question. And it came to mind because a rebrand and shift, it's not easy. And I know a lot of our listeners, we're all marketing leaders. And I'm curious to know if you could give one piece of advice to any marketer who is about to embark on either an audience shift and market to a new audience or a rebrand, what would that one piece of advice be in retrospect now that you're coming out on the other side? Yeah, I would say spend as much time as you can afford in the research phase. That's not always fun. I'm very much an action-oriented person. I'd rather like fail fast and like adapt as I go. And I think a lot of marketers are that way. We kind of just want to ship it and see how people react. And I still think there's always going to be a portion of that in any marketing strategy. But one thing we really had to do was to just humble ourselves and go back to the drawing board and read the interviews. We have uh, a great um, on our product team, we have a research team and, you know, they were doing beta interviews with our beta testers and, and they had like lists and lists of questions and they had feedback and they did a great job of distilling that into documentation. And it was, you know, it was still hefty. Like it still took me hours of reading over that, but that was so fundamental in really getting in the shoes of our customer and our future audience and informed everything from like the choice of words to the sentences that I chose not to use. And um, to like, it also sparked ideas for partnerships and collaborations in the future for our affiliate team and our partnership team. So I would say that step of 
understanding our product really well, but also just listening to that research. And, and if you don't have an internal team doing that testing, making sure you set up some sort of feedback process where you can get the your product into the hands of real testers and real users and really hear from them and, and learn how they're shopping for these products and how they you know evaluate different competitors. And you know that firsthand information is really irreplaceable. Thank you. I think that is definitely a very valuable piece of advice. And I literally just jot down um, <laughs> valuable feedback loops in my own notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so two more questions for you, Andrea. It's been such a pleasure having you on. And when it comes to marketing leaders in the B2B world or in general, who are some of the leaders either in your industry or in marketing that inspire you or where are you going to, to stay updated and to stay yeah. fresh, if you will, in the, in marketing? Yeah, that's a great question because I, I'm so split about this in some ways. I find that the very loud marketers or marketing leaders on like LinkedIn and Twitter, like there's a lot of good advice and a lot of talk, but I'm also like, you're good at marketing. So how do I know <laughs> that what you're saying is like backed up, you know? So I know that there's a kind of those like quiet leaders who are doing the work and they just don't get the visibility that they deserve because they're so you know, they're so busy working on their product and marketing it rather than marketing themselves. So I want to give a shout out to all those quiet marketers that are not necessarily doing all of their own like personal brand work, but that are doing amazing work for their own teams. Um, But I would say I'm, I'm also less necessarily focused on like marketers and marketing leaders who are doing a great job, but more like business leaders and people leaders. I'm relatively new in like my leadership career. I've been leading a team for just a couple of years in the grand scheme of things. And so I'm so interested in people who are building up their companies in ways that, you know, have great cut, um, employee retention and that are making sure their team members are feel like they're in a place where they're doing their best work and being in the cloud hosting space. And, you know, Kinsta has a partnership with, or we are, uh, we offer Cloudflare as a, as a product to all Kinsta customers free of charge. And so I look to Michelle Zatlin from Cloudflare as a great leader, one of the simple things that she does on LinkedIn is she's always commenting on her people's LinkedIn posts. And, you know, if someone's come back from maternity leave, she welcomes them back. If they've just joined Cloudflare, she welcomes them on their LinkedIn posts. So I see little things like that, that show really, I, you know, the kind of leader that I would like to be. And those are the kinds of people that I follow. That's, I think that's a really meaningful statement. And I think I'm going to have to go find her on LinkedIn and <laughs> see, because I, again, I agree with you, right? If, if your manager or your leadership is taking interest in whether your post on LinkedIn or, you know, your return from maternity leave, that definitely makes, you know, a workplace worth working for. So definitely shout out to Michelle there. And my last question for you. So this is radically transparent after all, and like most of us, we all are all leaving a digital footprint uh, as we go about our careers. And LinkedIn has become a wonderful place uh, to go ahead and learn about our, our marketing peers. What is one thing that you can share with us right now that we actually cannot find out about you, Andrea, <laughs> from looking at your LinkedIn or Googling you? Yeah, this is also a great question because I think as marketers, we love keeping a really close tab on our digital presence. Like we curate it. We know what's TMI and what not to share. And 
Um, and that's hard. I think, you know, I, I definitely overthink that. And my Twitter has become very professional and my LinkedIn of course is very professional. And even my Instagram, when people find me, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to alter the way that I post. And so one thing that's been kind of a good, uh, platform to let go a little bit of that perfectionism has been YouTube for me. So I really love Yeah, I really love like fashion and design and and travel. So I launched a YouTube channel where I kind of combine those passions. And it's been like a great test too to just kind of start from scratch on a platform and to learn from the, you know, right getting my hands dirty and being in the weeds of uh, growing a YouTube channel. So that's something that you won't see on my LinkedIn because it has nothing to do with technology and hosting and, you know, Kinsta, but it is a little bit of a passion project for me. That is fantastic. I wish you the most success in growing that channel. If any of us, first of all, are in need of, you know, more information on Kinsta and we want to connect with you, I'm going to ask where we can find you. And then I'm also going to ask if any of us are in need of fashion advice or travel tips. Where can we find you on YouTube? <laughs> sure. So first, Kinsta, Kinsta.com is the best place to get all the information. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrea Zollner. I mostly tweet about Kinsta too there. So that's a great place. And then for my YouTube channel, you can find me at the Capsule Suitcase. I love it. I love it. I'm going to check it out as soon as we, we stop filming. And this is fantastic. Andrea, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to future conversations and and packing my next suitcase with with you on the YouTube screen. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jen. It's been a pleasure chatting.